Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. I'm Aaron Free. And I want to talk to you today about why I am an advocate for Jewish existence. And you might say, well, listen, Aaron, of course, we're supposed to be advocates. I mean, in the Bible, in Genesis 12, God himself proclaims he's an advocate for Jewish existence. When he gives Abraham a promise that there'll be a great nation, his descendants will be a great nation, and they'll have their own land. And then God says, I'm giving you this land as an everlasting inheritance. And so God is an advocate for the Jewish people. He's chosen them to be his servant priest nation to bring his light of revelation of his word to the nations. And so, yes, biblically, I am an advocate for Jewish existence. But there's, there's other reasons beyond the scriptures why I advocate for the life of Jewish people. And my full-time job is combating the scourge of anti-Semitism, especially when it raises its ugly head in Christian circles. And historically, an all-too-familiar sight, Christian anti-Semitism is the oldest Jew hatred in the history of Jew hatred. The long-held contempt Christendom has embraced towards the Jews has resulted in the persecution and murder of Jewish innocents throughout church history, culminating in the Holocaust when baptized German Christians, both Catholic and Evangelical Protestant, embraced an eliminationist ideology determining to erase Jewish existence from Europe. Tragically, Christianity's contempt towards the Jews continues to fester, leaving in its wake crumbling Christian denominations and churches that uh, foment anti-Jewish rhetoric, drive the BDS movement, what's that? The boycott, divestment, and sanction movement of Israel, the Presbyterian USA. They are pushing the BDS movement. They're boycotting Israeli products. They're divesting their minister's retirement funds from any company that dares to do business with Israel, and they're attempting to sanction the state of Israel politically. They blame Israel for being an apartheid state. So Kipling, the great writer, was right when he said the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. We continue in Christendom to you know, put our finger into the fire and, and try to stir things up against the Jewish people and now the state of Israel. So contending with this ever-increasing anti-Semitism within many Christian pastors and leaders and seminary professors is a sobering and often disheartening assignment for me. Some days I wonder if I'm even scratching the surface. Like the day I sat with a Hebrew language scholar at a major Christian university in the Southeast who told me he saw no purpose for Israel or the Jewish people because God had replaced both with the Christian church. And I said to this Hebrew professor, you know, do you see the, the bad optics of this? You're teaching Hebrew, and yet you don't see any significance for the Jewish people in our world today. And he said, well, you know, I, I got my PhD in a liberal university. And he did open up that he was open to change. But at that point, 
He believed that God had replaced Israel and the Jewish people with Christians. Another day when I was sitting and talking with the dean of a Christian seminary in the Midwest who declined a request for our organization, Israel Team Advocates, to do a presentation about anti-Semitism and the Holocaust on his campus because the issue of Jews in Israel was too controversial. Can you believe that? This is a, a seminary in the Midwest saying to me, the issue of Israel is too controversial. And this is a time, he said, when the seminary was building relationship with radical Islamists in his area. And he said, we, we want to remain neutral on Israel so as not to offend our Muslim friends. And I, I couldn't believe what he was telling me. Or another time, after finishing a presentation in a large church about the rise of anti-Semitism in America, and this happened to me just a few months back, a very large church, and a member of the congregation approached me exclaiming, when will the Jews in America realize they are the cause of all the problems? And sadly, that's a common response I get in Christian circles, and sometimes it's even peppered with, with swear words, expletives, about the Jews. So when people ask me what I do for a living, I normally respond, I advocate against anti-Semitism. But living your life on defense can become heavy after a while, and it actually becomes very dark when you're just dealing with this constant um, anti-Semitic ideology, especially coming from seminary professors and deans of seminary, there isn't much enlightenment in fighting the world's oldest hatred. And a few weeks ago, as I was researching the dreadful anti-Semitism of an evangelical pastor from Texas, his name is Bob Roberts, who spoke at a radical Islamist conference endorsed by groups desiring to eliminate Jews from the planet, a light went off in the midst of another foreboding day grappling with another Christian leader's jealousy and contempt towards Jew, Jews. And I thought to myself, I'm not just fighting anti-Semitism. I'm advocating for Jewish existence, for the very existence of Jewish people. So since my moment of inspiration that I'm not just fighting anti-Semitism, and it really it kind of gave me hope in what I'm doing that, that had become kind of a dark moment in my life, just fighting Christian anti-Semitism. So I came to this moment of really understanding I'm, I'm standing for the life of Jewish people and fighting for their very existence. I've thought about what it means to be an advocate for Jewish existence and why their survival is necessary for the continuation of civilization. So there's many reasons why it's important to advocate for Jewish existence. One obvious reason is that Jews have been the most brutally persecuted people in the history of the world and continue to face the threat of annihilation. So anyone with the least amount of moral fiber who is concerned for this people's ongoing suffering would at the very least show some empathy for Jews. And But what is a less obvious reason why thinking and morally conscientious people should advocate for Jewish survival? And I thought long and hard about this question. And here's my answer. Because Jews for millennia have been the guardians of civilization. The Hebrew scriptures clearly proclaim 
that God has chosen the Jewish people to be a light of his revelation of his moral law to the nations of the earth. And remember, the Jews are a distinct people. God plays no favorites. He chose the Jewish people not because they were great and wonderful. He he chose them because they were the smallest of all the nations of the world. And so they were the weakest link in the chain. And, And God says, I chose you not because you were great, because you were small. And I chose you because I love you. And Pauline theology is clear on this this issue as well. To them, Paul says, the Jewish people belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs. And so there is a distinct call upon the Jewish people to bring God's moral law to the world. Paul said that in the book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 4 and 5. In her book, People Love Dead Jews, and if you haven't read this book, I encourage you to get this book. It's on the New York Times bestseller list presently. The author is Dara Horn, and she speaks about the Jewish religious scholars and the prophets of God's righteousness who perished in the Holocaust. She speaks of them as the guardians of civilization. She writes, no one tried to save the culture of Hasidim, or, for example, with its devotion to ordinary everyday holiness, or Misnagism, the opposing religious movement within traditional Eastern European Judaism, whose energy in the years before the war was channeled into the rigorous study of Musar, or ethics. Entire academies devoted to the Musar movement were destroyed. Their books about ethics were burned out of the world. Their teachers and leaders and scholars were murdered. All the things that everyone feared would happen to the vaunted culture of Europe. No rescue committee was convened on behalf of the many people who devoted their lives and careers to what Pierre Savage laments that no one pursues, the actual study of righteousness. And Dara Horn, she goes on in her book just to talk about that the Jewish people have been the the ones that have brought God's covenant and his promises and his, his moral and ethical law to the world. They are the guardians of civilization. And again, if you don't have this book, I would encourage you to get this book by Dara Horn, People Love Dead Jews. If we yawn when the latest Iranian mullah or radical Islamist imam living comfortably in America under his IRS tax shelter call for the total elimination of Jews from the world, what does that say about our value of God's righteousness and the people who made that righteousness known? If we don't call out evangelical seminary professors like the one who demands the total elimination of Jews living in Israel who do not convert to Christianity. And that quote is from Dr. Gary Birch, who taught for years at my alma mater, Wheaton College. And he says in his book, Whose Land, Whose Promise, 
that if Israeli Jews do not convert to Christianity, they're good for nothing and should be cast into the fires and burned. An evangelical seminary professor in our day is calling for the burning of Israeli Jews who don't convert to Christianity. If, if we don't respond to that kind of hateful speech against Jewish people, this anti-Semitic language coming from an evangelical seminary professor, what does this say about our commitment to God's moral law to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we erase the people who have shepherded and protected God's righteousness, our world will collapse. And that's why I believe Dara Horn in her book, People Love Dead Jews, calls for the Jewish people, calls them the guardians of civilization. A scripture that speaks of a future in which God's righteousness flows from the city of Jerusalem should be the hope of every Christian. It says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house will be established, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 through 3. When Isaiah talks about the house of the God of Jacob, he is speaking of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Jewish people. So if we are apathetic about that people's survival, what does that say about our hope of a future in which the nations of the earth walk in God's righteousness that proceeds out of the house of Jacob in Jerusalem? For me, advocating for Jewish existence is an idea that will change the world both now and in the future. May Christian leaders awaken to the pressing reality that when anti-Semites call for the destruction of the Jewish people, the threat is against the moral undergirding of all civilization, a foundation we cannot exist without. Because of God's encounter with the Jews, choosing them as his special people, they have an ancient duty to survive. And throughout the centuries of time, no other people has encountered such horrors, yet still exist. One can only conclude it was and is the faith of this people that has caused their survival. And may we, as Christian people, have the courageous faith to advocate for Jewish existence and in so doing, repair a world in despair. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is an idea that will change the world for the better. Thanks for listening to Israel and You.